0: One Podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt
1: Mine.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mind Podcast. The podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, find the salty stories, the saltiest posts that we love, those salty confessionals that we want to hear, put them in our mind cart and bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my singular co-host, Mike. Say hey, Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. Tony's not here, dude. No, he's not. Again, he's done it again.
2: I did see him yesterday, though. So I, Really? Like, in I'm person? A, in person. So oh, I'm a man. little bit less
0: mad than I am on what an a average dirty Tony missing episode. He didn't visit me. What a piece of shit. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, business calls and Tony had to fly to Boston, which ironically, you know, is like the kind of area of the map where we live. And that means he can't record, even though he's... You know within 30 minutes of both of us so Mm -hmm. well before we start we have to shout out our nice tier patrons thanks for the support y'all we have Hephaestus Bolts Prime Speaker Florian Yef Judge and Accidental TPK thanks y'all thanks for the support you guys you guys rock you the best but even though Tony isn't here this minecart is still pretty full today we've got some other seats that are filled and we are happy to say that we have two nerds with us that's right Nerds of the nitpicking variety, we have BZ and Mia from Nitpicking Nerds with us today. What's going on, you two?
3: We're doing good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we love to be here. Thanks for having us. We're here in the mine cart. Yeah,
0: glad to have you in the mine. Hopefully, you know, we you've got like a hard hat and a pickaxe and the safety equipment you need i got anything you need for this analogy
1: (laughs) Uh, we're salty and we love to be here (laughs) awesome
0: Uh, we love to hear it (laughs) well yeah thanks for jumping on so for people who aren't familiar with the nitpicking nerds which are probably only a handful out there if even that tell us a little bit about yourselves i mean you guys are one of like the biggest magic the gathering youtube presences out there
3: for the 10 of you out there that don't know, uh, we make (laughs) Magic Gathering Commander videos on YouTube every single day, actually, for like 950 days now.
1: Yeah, we do a lot of budget-related things. We like to review pre-cons and new sets. And we just like to show that you could build a commander deck on with basically whatever restrictions you want, whether that's like janky or whether you want to do something super powerful or budget or whatever. So basically,
3: we're the MacGyver's of deck building. Maybe <laughs> like yeah. a shoestring and a piece of gum. I'll <laughs> give you like a Yarak deck.
1: I was like we do? I do have a twenty dollar Yarak deck. And he's building a ten dollar door deck right now. Ooh, that's ten. Ten. Oh my gosh, ten. it's that's crazy. That's
2: pretty sick. So that's t- basically ten cents a card, right? That's what you're much, working yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why it's awesome. like that's why
1: we keep trying to get Alan um, mental misplay, Alan to do a $20 deck, and we'd love to play against you guys to also have $20 decks. They all yeah. balance each other out
3: really well. Mia will recommend yeah. that to anyone who asks. Absolutely. People yeah. who don't ask sometimes.
1: Correct. It sounds like it might break the bank a little bit, so I'm not sure
2: I can <laughs> I can put one of those together. Bag, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, sometimes BZ comes around, and he'll be building a 20, and they be like, ooh, 45 cents, that's a little too expensive.
3: For <laughs> How much is that bulk rare from Ixalan? Oh, it's 80 cents. Damn it. <laughs> that's
1: not good
0: enough. That's so wild. Not even close. Way too much. I have a forty dollar deck, but like pushing it down to twenty dollars is there's a lot of stuff that you can't include at that level. That's yeah. You crazy. lose out. On,
3: I think you even lose out on soaring because it's like a buck twenty or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: soaring oh, doesn't yeah. make it into most probably. of our twenties. Yeah. yeah, I mean you you miss out on a lot of of the good mana rocks. Like you're probably getting like the ETB tapped mana rocks, and if that maybe some mana dorks. Oh, your
3: your mana base is very scrappy too. Yeah, sometimes yeah.
1: you don't even have enough for arcane sig. Arcane sig, that's like eighty three cents. That's a lot in like yeah. deck.
3: Yeah, that's do it. (laughs) That's gone down a
0: fair amount too, which is
1: crazy. Yeah, but
3: then you get to say, like, you know, if somebody plays like turn one blood crypt, pay two life, like, oh, must be nice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Someone will play a rustic study and go, that's more than my entire deck's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Times two.
3: The salt value of that is well worth it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I do love that element of like people can't get salty about your deck because it costs 20 bucks when you're, like, stomping them into the ground.
1: (laughs) It's good. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. He did just gain, like, over 700 life with a $20 deck. That's cool.
2: That was cool. That is wild. I, I have a dream of getting a $1 deck at some point because my favorite scryfall search is the usd equals 0. 0.01 so you will be the first to know when it actually Ooh. comes to fruition <laughs> yeah that would be interesting We'd
3: love that that would be the <laughs> crustiest deck ever
2: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a lot of vanilla creatures i'll put it mm-hmm. that way
3: <laughs> a few grizzly bears never hurt anybody yeah
2: but shockingly grizzly bears is probably like
0: it's probably too expensive
3: it's a bear so you know it's an iula <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: That that's gotta be so limiting on the commanders that you can pick as well, right? Because it's like like what commanders are so cheap that you can build a ten dollar deck around them? I mean, probably a lot, probably more than you can. You could splurge a little.
3: I mean, I feel like you can maybe go up to a dollar with a ten dollar commander because it's like, what does it really make a difference if your average card is ten cents or nine cents? It probably won't matter that much. Yeah. (laughs) But like Mia, like I have Carador. And that's one of my favorite. Like, I have a CDH corridor. I have a character that's only the cards that are like nostalgic to me. And then I'm like, well, what if I built a $10 one? And Mia's like, oh, I could build a $10 Kalia. No, like, Kalia is $8. It's like, no. Nope. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I think with the budgets, though, you do get a lot of cards that you're not used to. My $20 Yarok deck. You know, I. Twenty dollars is crazy, considering Yarok used to be ten dollars before the reprint. It's
3: our baby, and then you're yeah. shot
1: down to a dollar. There's um, Baldur's Gate has so many good commanders for super cheap. I yes. highly recommend yeah. starting there. The backgrounds are also really cheap, yep. and like you get a lot of really cool mechanics.
0: Oh, that's awesome! That that's good to think about. So I've heard about budget building and kind of got really into it from moderately anonymous MTG, and then yeah. Ken Balman. Cool. And the way that they build their decks is that they don't include. The commander and they don't include basic lands in the budget so it's a little bit cheesier but it opens up basically any possible commander for that budget yeah. so like my garuda deck for example i don't include the basics and i don't include gyruda
3: we don't do basics either they're free you can go find a basic land on the sidewalk yeah we yeah. use
1: um we use <laughs> moxfield and we just use whatever their update to cheapest is with yeah. the tcg player pricing it does include the commander but it does not include the basics so okay. you do have a That's little fair. bit of wiggle room
0: yeah, I, I think that's good, because the other day, like, something weird happened with swamps, and all the swamps were, like, 20 cents each, and I was like, what <laughs> the heck? Like, why? Who's paying 20 cents for
3: a swamp right yeah, now? what's going on, yeah. you sucker? <laughs> See, yeah. it's
1: funny, though, because when it comes to lands, you can do that, obviously, but... When you build a colorless deck, wastes are included in the oh, price.
3: Oh. So I mean, sense. wastes cost money. You can't just find a waste. Yeah. So you have to yeah. build
1: with like uncharted territory, mech hanger, and like, yeah, to stuff. get the colorless stuff and he was trying to build a $20 colorless deck. I couldn't
3: get something I liked. I, the mana base was awful. Like to look at it hurt. Yeah. I think I could have afforded I think I afforded one waste.
0: Only one? It's like a dollar something. Maybe maybe two. You just
2: never had the colors you needed, too. <laughs> it was a lot it
3: was, it was. I was like I can't do that I can't look at this oh, I have to read all brutal. these lands and they don't do anything
2: <laughs> I love well, it well just to harp on my one note thing there are 13 available commanders for one cent so oh. the one dollar deck is truly possible wow. are there any what?
3: ones that are like more than one color too?
2: yeah what's the spiciest one? so Valduck, Keeper of the Flame, is a mono red commander. Oh, yeah,
3: there's probably so many bad equipments that are there's so many one cent <laughs> oh, equipments.
2: And then Shauna Sisse's Legacy is also okay. is also okay. good. Yeah, and there's um there's a also a Wrath Weatherlight Stalwart, and hmm. Butterbur Butterbur Bree Innkeeper. So you got you got some multicolor options. Interesting.
3: Yeah. yeah,
1: I honestly think it's pretty easy. Even if you did a $5 deck, I think you could build like a feather deck for like five bucks. Mm. I think that was
3: like a bunch of cheap. Depending on how much feather is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe fish oh, yeah.
1: cents, I think, I
3: thought. Oh, yeah. She might be a bulker.
1: I was like considering she's been reprinted a few times and then a bunch of cheap combat tricks and stuff.
0: Yeah. I think Zeta Hedron Grinder is in a similar category. One of my friends built like an $8 Zeta yeah. Zada, however you say it, an $8 version like of that tier. deck. And it was like insane for $8 because the cards he plays are trash in every deck except for that one deck. Yeah. And in yeah. that one deck they're
3: gross. Well and then yeah. and then the deck's like, you know, I was gonna lose the game if you killed Zada anyway. It doesn't matter that my deck is fifty dollars or eight yeah. dollars. Yeah, we got our ass kicked
1: at a at a con recently and it was a dude with a budget pivot deck and he splurged on time sid oh, and yeah. like nothing else. It's like it yeah. turns out. <laughs> Turns yeah.
2: out an A plus B combo from the command zone,
0: that's really all the good. good card you need. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: Not
1: bad. Yeah, it was like a twenty dollar deck, and you know, most of it was Tivit and Time Civ.
0: Yeah. That's the first budget <laughs> deck I ever played against was well, other than the Zeta deck was Tivit, And it was Tivot Time Civ. And on like turn five, they got it. And we were like, Well, that's it. All right. <laughs>
1: guess yeah. I should have expected it. Anyone yeah, who thinks, thinks you need to pour a ton of money into magic to make a good deck is completely like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Even
3: like this ten dollar deck I'm building with Carador, I was like, Karma guide, if I want to splurge on Karma Guide and Revel Arc, they're like 40 cents each. I could do it. Yeah, he's yeah, also building a fourth territory deck too. So well, that's for later, you know.
0: <laughs> and I, I gotta get on your level because I, I have a similar uh obsession, loving relationship with Marath, Will of the Wild. Yeah, I'm obsessed. Mm. I have a casual deck and a CDH deck. I really need to like branch out and start making some fun jank with that.
3: You need to bring a you need to bring a five caser, one of those like, yeah. uh, like dragon shield like boulder thing, not boulder things, but like the big the
1: archives. Yeah, the stuff. archives yeah. like
3: <laughs> This is my Caridor Archive. That's
1: actually just going to be him in like six weeks or something. I'm
3: ready. I'm ready to be that guy. What deck did you bring to this con? I brought Caridor. Caridor, Caridor,
1: CEDH Caridor, Casual Caridor. Yeah, of course. It's all about a seven. (laughs) Of course, every deck's a seven.
2: You want to be able to field an entire pod of Caridor players
0: yeah
2: like, <laughs> oh that'd and be amazing could, And
1: you could use the 1999 Caridor deck <laughs> yeah and you can use the budget
0: <laughs> and i'll be on cdh Caridor. <laughs> who can get to their bajuca bog first <laughs> well okay. let's jump into it and learn a little bit more about you two so the way that we kick off our show and we have a guest on is we do have a pretty grueling exam you know we we say this in every episode or at least we've been saying it lately but if you fuck up on any of your responses, we will cut the audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and I will continue the episode, and you two will just kind of have to watch in yeah. silence. Uh, we won't let you leave the Zoom room. Yeah, kind of how it is. That's rough. We're yeah, in. yeah, it's tough. It, it, you know, there's only one way out of the mine, and we only have one cart, so it makes sense. It, it, <laughs> I've it's done more the, for less. It's
1: <laughs>
3: Understandable. <the metaphor. laughs>
0: so, our first question for you both is: How did
3: you get into magic?
1: You want to kick this off, or you want...
3: Well, there's a lot of pressure. So why don't you do it?
1: Okay i started playing magic in 2015 around shadows over innistrad i was dating someone at the time and i was like what are you doing you big nerd you're playing magic you're in a dark room alone and like you're with your friends and you just have to sit at a table for hours touching cardboard like that's so lame
3: so toxic
1: (laughs) so toxic and he was like Like, I'd be somewhat interested, considering he was like, this piece of cardboard is worth $40, and I have a playset of them. I don't know what a playset means, but that's cool. (laughs) And it's like four lilies of the veil at the time, which obviously were very expensive. Yeah. And then... After that, there was a land cafe that sold magic cards on my college campus that was closing down and everything was like nuked to the ground in terms of price. I'm like, okay, if you're going to get me into magic, you're going to get me in right now. You'll like build me a deck and I will try it once. And he built me an elf ball deck and it was like really fun. And I have had a really good time playing ever since. I had a bunch of like coat of arms in there and taunting off things that are not always in elf decks nowadays but they're in my lateral deck because uh, you know it's a love letter to my old nice. elf deck and i started playing in shadows over innistrad so mm-hmm. i really loved brazella and the art on there and i mm-hmm. started also playing like rakdos vampires like madness which was the mm-hmm. one of the most confusing decks to learn as someone who's been <laughs> playing magic for two months <laughs> i got my ass kicked in a Eldridge moon draft and then i put down magic for a little bit because I was doing college until I picked up the Edgar Markov Precon, and I've been a Mardu player ever since. Ooh. Oh, my
0: God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow every once in a while we hear a backstory and we're like that's that's a villain backstory yeah. for, for a magic player <laughs> and i think that's up
3: there edgar so weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i played against that edgar deck too and, and i think that's my one experience playing against an edgar deck was playing against your deck so i forget which episode it was but one of our salty cards of the week was edgar markov yes. and anything that i said in that was referencing me as...
1: <laughs> I, watch that. Sam.
3: I watch that episode. Yeah, i'm sorry. That
1: was that was completely So the deal with that deck is that it usually doesn't pop off and i made like a few changes to it and it's been like singing ever since and i it wasn't that good before i've changed like six cards for some reason. <laughs> so it, it, i did not expect it to do anything cuz i had been trying to tune it for a really long time. And I didn't expect like right all. around
3: when you start getting deck advice from me it was no. Weird. <laughs> so weird no absolutely not
1: but i was running like 33 vampires in it at the time and it starts singing and all i had to do was bump it up to like an absurd number like 40 something oh which is kind of crazy oh my gosh but <laughs> that's why i was like oh no i'm so sorry that is like the power level was insanely way too high because i was like it doesn't work usually it usually doesn't work <laughs> how
3: is that not one of the most annoying things you've ever heard sitting across it doesn't normally do this guys <laughs> That
0: is the anthem. I do not have a horse in that race. I can't say anything about yeah. that because I we had a Patreon game night. And like the people who were in that game night right now are probably rolling their eyes where I was playing my Alesha human deck. And I said huh. the exact same thing. I was like, this never, ever happens. And I just crushed the table. This <laughs> is like
3: reverse impotence. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> I swear this <laughs> never happens. <laughs> it happens to everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh gosh so you know, that's my villain backstory <laughs> i love it i love it i
3: think i might have a more of a hero backstory just because i'm not a dick to people <laughs> <But> <laughs> i started i started when i was like i think i was 12 in like fifth grade and my friend had brought in some like i don't know what they were but it was like 2007 2008 at the time so picture 2008 card he brought that in and i was like well i've seen that before because my dad apparently had brought like he bought like Portal Second Age, like a starter box, and it had been sitting like on the entertainment center for years. And I was like, Oh, I finally know what that is. Can I just like have that? And he's like, Sure. I just thought it looked cool. So I opened it and really, like, that set, I don't know how I took any interest from it, but like, that's got to be one of Magic's lowest like oh yeah points in terms of look how exciting this game is oh (laughs) my god but i somehow got into it and i I just started like oh whoa coercion like two and a black i can take any card it's like once i started learning the rules we would play like this you know horrible warped version of magic where like at the lunch table we were still in fifth grade we were just playing like there's a card called Kaleidoscope and it's like two mana draws a card and you can pay five and tap and sack it to add wooberg we didn't really look up what the rules were. So add Wuberg meant go find a Plains Forest Mountain Swamp <laughs> yes. Island and put them just into play. Classic. <laughs> so we had a lot of different experience with magic, but it turns out it was still great. And I ended up actually a couple of years later, the first like FNM deck I built was also Elf Ball. So we had that mm-hmm. in common. Oh, that's awesome.
0: That is a fun
2: thing. I feel like I feel like people getting lands out of their base when something taps for a color is like, a, that's, it's so good. We were like, what move? the hell is
3: a mana pool? What is that? Well, that must be the lands <laughs> that you have because there's a stack of them on the yes. bottom. So let me go add that yeah. to the mana pool. That's fair. It and and I love
2: that, that magic somehow remains fun even when you're playing complete wackadoodle doodle rules for it. You yeah. know, like it's still a good time.
3: <laughs> yeah, we used to play, it was, it was magic because it was just, we would play with all the rules we thought were correct before having gained a little bit of knowledge on it. It was pretty good.
1: See, VZ yeah. hates hearing this from me, but I was like, yeah, before like... I met you before I like COVID happened. I used to hang out with all my friends. We used to play Magic all at once. And he hates hearing this because I was like, "Yeah, all of our games would be six players, and we'd take three or four <laughs> oh, hours yeah. to complete." And you know, it was really yeah. rare that we ever finished one game in an entire night. And he oh hates God. hearing this every time because he's like, "Because he goes, if a game lasts more than 45 minutes, I want to die." That's not what I say. An <laughs> <For, for laughs> hour and a half. Not happy. Hour and a
3: half is my limit for like, "Okay, what are we doing?" Yeah. and then I'm like, yeah, "Oh yeah,
1: our games." Are- We'd be lucky if they ended at three hours.
3: Oh my gosh. How do you even pay attention?
0: So you said that they wouldn't end in one night. Would you like leave the cards and come back to it the next day? Or would you just be like, Well, we're done. Yeah. There's no more.
1: Well, we had fun. Have a good one. <laughs> I can't even
0: I can't even like like one imagine. person might
1: get out. The five of us might still be playing. We go, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's so yeah. That's I'm I'm with BZ. six player games. I cannot abide by. Just play two pods at three.
1: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't anymore. Nowadays, I would rather just do like one pod, but like two head giant like teams or something mm. like.
0: Yeah, that's that, a good way of doing it too. I think
1: that's yeah. pretty fun. Five
3: player, I like Star because it'll. Yeah, Star kind is of good. Amount to like a, a four player game in, in length. I think yep.
1: Emperor is pretty fun. Yeah, Emperor I is still haven't even worked out
3: the rules of Emperor yet. You tell me all the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Emperor's fun, man. You just have to like. Uh, maybe. I don't everyone's know. on like the same page.
3: Yeah, yeah that's
0: yeah. true. The thing with Emperor is that you can have like a combo deck and, and and just combo off and then like chew through the people in a line until you hit the emperor and then you know then you just win
3: yeah that yeah you gotta like have a rule zero because I remember there was like oh, it's a hidden role. it's like guy go infinite does the king win if he goes infinite great Oh how about I'm the bandit does the bandit win if he goes infinite? Great. Oh that <laughs> one. Yeah, there's that's a, the other really one that i played too. And it's like, it doesn't matter if yeah, you have like mafia. a mafia. Weird... It... Yeah, like the combo yeah. decks just kind of ruin that stuff. And it's like, yeah. oh, stars. Yeah. Like, I went infinite. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah th- those are weird with alternate wind conditions because you're just like, okay who won after this like let's go to the weird rule book that we have on the side yeah, the only question i ask
3: is what's wrong with you why did you just <laughs> what do you what did you think this was was well <laughs> oh, you can attack the player that's across from you I was like did you mean go infinite <laughs> yes, Okay.
1: <laughs> oh yeah Jesus yeah when people have combos and games that are not at that meta especially when there's like more than four people you're like what are you doing hmm
0: <laughs> well that that's like if i reach for my combo deck in that situation that tells you how much i want to play a five-player game or not right because <laughs> if i really don't want to play a five-player game i'm like yeah let's play five players guys Oops, sure. i went infinite <laughs> games over let's Whoops. play four
2: now <laughs> one of you has didn't to leave? I see, didn't i see the three of you in a five-player game
0: Yes, I probably did. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I think I did at the the game store, and that was Mike. That was the game where I had the turn two combo win in my hand with Kaveh. Yeah, with, <laughs> with devoted druid, and uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. play it though with devoted druid, swift reconfiguration, and walking ballista. I felt too mean. I was like, I was like, if I combo off right now then, then the, <laughs> everyone's going to hate me. These four are just going to have a four-player game and I'm not going to be invited. I'm just going to be sitting on the side.
3: <laughs> there is the power move of like, you know, especially with some like people you don't know, it's like they, they show up, you're like a five-player or a four-player game. They just blatantly lie about rule zero and they combo on turn two. And I love the idea of someone being like, okay, who's next? And then they just keep going without yeah, that keep, person. Yeah. They just take, it's like, oh. What a perfect cycle so like, well, justice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. I've had people offer that up where they had the combo and they showed it and they're like, I have the combo. This is it. We all acknowledge that I can win right now. Let's just keep playing, and I won't cast it. And and yeah. that that was like a pretty. That's only happened once or twice, and it was a pretty interesting vibe. It was kind less less cool. aggressive, but yeah. I'll take yeah. it. I
1: think it's respectful. I don't run combos in most of my decks, so it's never like not something I expect to see. I guess because I don't mm-hmm. know. Usually, it's like, ooh, if you stumble into a combo, I guess it's fine. But since I'm not running them, I kind of blindly assume that most people are not.
3: Yeah. Bringing <laughs> bringing it up's good. Like I think that if you kind of like could kill the table and you don't I just find that annoying like patronizing but bringing it up is way different where it's like hey guys like what do you want to do here in this situation do you want to just play without me or because like I didn't think this was going to happen or whatever and it's like or you want me to just not cast it like that's better but if someone's just like I don't know there's just a whole thing of like I let I'd like to let my opponents do xyz is like what
0: yeah there's like a playing with your food element for it's sure really, I, I that, that yeah. can yeah. Yeah,
3: maybe get into it later if i have no idea
0: yeah well
1: we'll get to that when we talk about so salt. you're saying
0: i should have comboed out on turn two in that five player game
1: <laughs> yes yes
3: <laughs> i think that is what i'm saying
0: <laughs> well this perfectly brings us to our next question that we like to ask people which is what makes you salty
1: i definitely think mine is i hate when people will play with their food during magic i think yeah. there's a one thing where you accidentally punt i think we're all definitely uh guilty of it one time or another maybe every other time who knows definitely not us but um (laughs)
3: well like take a two minute turn and realize you didn't do much yeah Yeah. but
1: i hate the people who knowingly like have the win in their hand and i'm not talking about like a turn to come i mean like you have lethal on board if you cast like the crater hoof you go "Eh, pass i guess you know
0: yeah and like don't swing in it's like you know like what are you doing Take it out of yeah. your deck then, I guess. I, like, I I get,
1: yeah, I get if you are like, oh, I miscounted. You know, I thought if I swung out, you know, you'd have two life left and I would have killed you. But I like, didn't realize that's different than like, I just don't feel like it. I've had that happen a bunch of times and I'm not a fan. No.
3: Or or sometimes I've had opponents like they get so far ahead that they just stop thinking about it and they mm-hmm. just start making random plays. And I'm like, please, please, dear God, we have to. I can't beat you. Just <laughs> kill me, please. Yeah. I, it would be so much better for me if you just kill me. Start a new game. I think for me something that really gets me annoyed is and this is definitely like not tainted but it's like a lot of it has to do with like playing so many games with fans at conventions and like having like youtube comments plays a little bit of factor but the first one not so much comments it's like when we say the rule zero stuff we're like we don't really play tutors too much we don't really play fast man and we don't play any infinite combos like that's usually where our decks are at it's a pretty Mm -hmm. good like snapshot of what we're playing people be like yeah totally and then like we had a game where after that discussion, this dude is like, all right, turn one planes pass. And then it gets to the end step. he's like, enlightened tutor for soul ring. And we're just like, did you hear any of what we just said? Cause that's like, how did you break 66% of what we said with your first play of the game? Your first... <laughs> that stuff annoys me. Or people will say like, they'll, they'll play soul ring. And it's like, Oh, that we said no fast man. Like soul ring. Like, it's the second best card in the format.
1: I also hate people <laughs> who are like, you said new tutors and uh, like I have demonic tutor and I tutor and you tutor too. It's like a fetch land? You're, are Terramorphic. You, are you Are you considering Evolving wilds and demonic tutor the uh, same card? Like, <laughs> Cultivate as a tutor? <laughs> yeah. It's technically a tutor. Wait, okay, yeah. Cool.
2: Yep. How honest of you. They better be grabbing a land with the demonic tutor
0: after.
1: Yeah, show me the
0: land you
2: grabbed. Oh,
1: who did I hear this from? Someone was like, "Yeah, you know, someone runs demonic consultation in their deck, but they only name swamp."
0: Oh, that was, you heard that from me? Yeah, yeah, "One of our uh, one of our listeners, Dash Hope sixty nine, told good. me that that he plays demonic consultation in his mono black deck." just to get land. And That's funny like, That's as
1: hell. Flex. Swap cycles.
3: <laughs> yeah. More complicated swap cycles. <laughs> yeah, right? I can't imagine what he thought of when Troll of Kaza dune was spoiled. <laughs> oh my God.
2: Oh. Lost what an upgrade. His mind.
0: <laughs> Doesn't exile enough of his deck for him,
2: so
3: That's probably not fair. worth yeah.
0: it. But, no. <laughs> so that, it's interesting that you say Soul Ring is fast mana, because I think often when people are like, you know, I'm on fast mana or I'm not on fast mana, I think like Chrome Mox and, you know, Mox Amber and like, Mana Vault and Mana Crypt and all that kind of stuff. But I never think of Soul Ring because I just assume everyone runs it in their deck for the most mm-hmm. part. But then again, like you said, those $10, $20 budget decks, Soul Ring is a potential cut in those lists. So th- is that something that you guys run into a lot?
3: I don't like the idea that Soul Ring is like clearly, I-, I don't think anyone would debate that it's top five cards in the format. Oh, yeah. Like just because a card is like two cents doesn't mean that everybody should play it, or just because it's some pre-cons doesn't mean it. So it's like I always just, like, get indignant instead of just going, you know, like, oh, everyone plays. Nice. I'm just like, why are you doing this? Stop,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> like, <playing> this. that's <laughs> why I was going to be like, oh, I can name BZ's saltiest thing. It's Sol Ring.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, me and the old host Joe used to say, like, Sol Ring has ruined more games of Commander than any other Magic card, and it's not even close.
1: Yeah, I, hmm. I guess that's my thought point. on it is, like, Mana Crypt. If it was 20 cents, would everyone still play it, and would you still consider it fast mana?
3: Yeah,
0: that that's a really interesting point. It's just it's it's a whole thing. Mana Crypt is the one that like people can die from. Like like we had a game, a casual game a couple of weeks ago, uh where our friend Nick, he was playing his Mogus deck and Mogus is just like, you know, slow group slug and he's draining himself a little bit too. He like pings you, yeah. yeah.
1: Group slug and stuff.
0: And he had a manacrypt on like turn 1 or 2 and we were kind of giving him some flack for it. But he almost died to his mana crypt because he just failed almost every single trigger on it.
1: That's justice.
0: Yeah, it it really was. (laughs) Well, shall we get into it? We got some salty stories here. I'm ready. And uh, I'm ready to read them. Let's let's rip into it. So we're going to be talking about some salty stories and getting into that salt. But Sam, what is salt? Salt is frustration in the game. (laughs) Tony usually says that, you know, we give him a pass. It's not my job. (laughs) We really like to say these days that salt is an umbrella term. It's really everything from the little grains to the full shakers. It can just be, you know, someone's at the table. Maybe their vibe is weird. Maybe they're they're shutting down deals. Maybe they're really terse with how they're interacting with the pod. And it's just kind of making you feel a little weird. But the gameplay is fine. Salt can also be someone just keeps targeting you and removing your commander over and over and over again when you're not the threat just to fuck with you. And you want to throw your cards across the room. So salt really has this huge expanse of what it can be. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're here to talk about salt so we can learn about our own salty tendencies and hopefully not be salty in a future game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's an educational show is what we like to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> salt a spectrum.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So Salt is a spectrum. There's so much that falls under that umbrella. There really is. Uh, and I got some lovely salty stories. So how about we jump into our first one here?
1: Hell yeah. Please,
0: Yeah. Why don't you read us one? So our first salty story comes to us from our website. It was a website submission, which if people don't know our website, it's howlingsaltmine.com or the thehowlingsaltmine.com. We're inconsistent with the, so our website might as well also be inconsistent. <laughs> and the post is titled, has your LGS ever had to ban anyone from commander night? And this comes to us from our friend Swell. And the story goes. My LGS holds weekly commander nights in which they match you in pods based on three levels of play. Casual, optimized, and competitive. The overwhelming majority of people make an honest effort to keep their decks in the same ballpark, but every now and again, you get one of those people. I got matched with this particular guy two weeks in a row. Week one, he hits us with, it's a group hug deck, I'm not even playing to win, as he pulls out his Kineos and Tiro deck of 95 proxies. He wins, and a few turns later, with his whole deck in his hand and Jace, Lab Maniac, and Thassa's Oracle on the board. Wow, this has never happened. Does he know that's what they all say? One of the other players even caught him trying to peek at the top card of his library. Who does that? That's lame. Yeah, that's kind of (laughs) wild. Week two, it's a different deck. Some wild Golgari control business. It's a really cool deck, but I can tell where things are going. I remind him what happened last week and asked if he can match the power level a little better, but he has the same excuse. I'm not even trying to win, he proclaims, as I catch a glimpse of his Sylvan library in Gaia's Cradle while he's shuffling. A few turns in, it's pretty much the same story. I say, we're all just top-decking for an answer, right? Why don't we just concede and move on? Because I'm not really looking forward to a repeat of last week, this time with 100% more Nether Void on board. Wow, that card. That card (laughs) sucks. That's awful. The other two shrugged and smiled at me blankly, but didn't really answer. So I scooped, but the others ended up playing it out. I couldn't tell if they thought they could still pull something out or if they didn't know any better despite my warnings. Either way, we sat there and watched Mr. Hug play for three more turns in a row before he won. I confronted him both times, and I said, all of us are playing the same kind of decks that can't answer the kind of board state that you're bringing. Maybe you should try an optimized pod. He shrugged it off and said group hug is casual. I rolled my eyes and asked the staff not to match us together again. I played a pickup game with him the next week. He hadn't been allowed into the event. And he used a precon, and it was a perfectly pleasant game. How can he not see the difference? I don't really care that almost all of his cards are proxies, but at least bring cards that are at the appropriate power level, you know? Anyways, thanks for hearing me out and have a salt-free day.
3: Unlikely. <laughs>
1: I, th- I think that's pretty interesting. I think it does irk me at least a bit when people say I don't play to win. Why are you playing? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. would prefer we all played to win. Yes.
3: Group hug decks are the kind of decks that I'm not going to have like, it's going to ruin my day when I play against them. But it definitely is something I want to know about ahead of time because it definitely changes like what kind of game we're playing.
0: Yeah, I agree.
3: Because I think yep. if you just kind of like on turn three, I realize you're playing group hug. That makes me a little salty. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think this is like it's understandable why this person was banned and i think that when people say i don't play to win that's already a red flag right there Mm -hmm. you know so yeah
3: and obviously what he was playing also just wasn't even group hug there was so many layers to this you know the real culprit i think is the 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 poster there because you're not supposed to look at your opponent's deck while they shuffle that's not
1: (laughs) wow cheating yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think just people need to know like why he thought that was casual i guess because i'm guessing if they said why don't you go to an optimized pod then he was in the absolute bottom like most casual i think the interesting is like why do you think this is casual what cards in this point to you as group hug you know really yeah. like, like, yeah, what's yeah. your definition
3: what i what i get to the thing that like frustrated me the triggering point for me when in that story assuming all the quotes are right if you have lab Dasa and jace and you go i didn't expect this to happen like <laughs> i want to hit you like what are you yeah what
1: <laughs>
2: yeah
3: do you read them yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, I don't why are you putting those
2: cards that's,
0: in if you don't think you're gonna get them they out? just like, fell off a bookshelf and landed in the deck and you're like yeah. how did these get here <laughs> like, absolute yeah. nonsense
3: that's yeah. where you're like i'm done and it yeah. tries
1: to mitigate SALT a lot by saying like no tutors, no fast mana, no combos. And then we also say what we're trying to win by. Yeah, usually same. like, oh, turn six to eight. So I think that's pretty reasonable. And that's why we really hate that my decks are seven. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. but uh
3: something yeah, sometimes we'll ask uh those more complicated questions because we don't do power level anymore. And we actually did a video where we just made fun of it. We said it's the every we, deck's we, a seven because a couple of years ago we did like, Oh, how powerful is your deck? You know, we made a scale one to ten, and so this one was, well, How powerful is your deck? Assuming everybody says they're a seven, so the scale went from 7.1 to 7.9, <laughs> nine, nine, <laughs> and, nine, and nine. the tiers <laughs> were just completely unhinged, yeah, they were all insane, and you still have people like. You know, guys, I don't think this is a very good way to grade your decks. Power. <laughs> yeah, <it's>
1: like <laughs> there were like we said, I, I said seven point two is where all you play whatever you want, but all of your lands come in tapped. Yeah, seven point <laughs> three
3: is a precon, but you change exactly one card. So, so and they were like, um,
1: "Are you sure you should be using decimal points? I don't think this is a very consistent or good scale. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah," because seven point eight means you have any deck you ever want, but Thassa's Oracle, isn't it? Yeah. And one of the reasons really being sad. is because it's a mono-green deck, and then 7.9 immediately is any deck you want, but that's Oracle isn't it? Like, you you think <laughs> yeah. genuinely that's the, that's the play? Yeah, but we've had people
3: where we're like, you know, we don't play fast mana tutors combos. We're going to go off, you know, my deck snowballs a little bit, turn six or seven, and then they're just like, yeah, my deck's a seven. It's like, maybe just the lesson is rule zero should be longer than, like, one or two sentences.
0: Yeah, The longer yeah. it is,
3: I think, almost universally, the longer rule zero has been, the more fun I have, or the more pleasant a game. Mm-hmm yeah, yeah. The more
0: you can like really suss out what
1: someone's doing
3: yeah give me two minutes that's yeah, fine I
1: think the term upgrade precon is a little bit misleading too I don't really mm-hmm. like that term because yeah. like upgrade pre-con can be a few things oh I changed all of the tap lands to untapped lands or you know shocks yeah. and fetches whatever or you
3: like ship a Theseus and Edgar Markov and it's just like the best deck ever yeah, yeah. we've had people <laughs> who just
1: we played against someone pretty recently and they're like oh this is a casual deck it was a Nyxia, but the entire deck was basically a Sithist deck with a little bit of black and like a very finely is sister with So, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, that is a really funny thing with the upgraded precon. Like you said, BZ, like the ship of Theseus, it's like, okay, well, at what point does it stop becoming the precon yeah. and is it now just something completely different because yeah. I think that point comes sooner than people think it does, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I think
3: Literally. once you get to like 10 or 15, you're there. You're just like that's a deck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a different, a different deck, deck now. at that point. Yeah. Maybe it's not like, you know, it's not a an optimized deck or a highly tuned deck, but it's not a precon. Yeah, I yeah. think it really
1: depends. Like, are you switching out Utter End for Generous Gift or something? Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if you make a few swaps like that, it might not be too bad. Yeah, but like if you're comparable
3: like- swaps. Yeah, or you just upgrade the mana base. If you're
0: like, yeah. I'm taking out this crappy card that causes me to plane chase when we're not even using that, and I'm putting in yeah. doubling season, it's like, well, <laughs> it's like, hmm, there's yeah. a bit of an upgrade there. A little better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little different.
3: <laughs> you took out a vanilla creature with melee, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that
2: touches kind of on something in the post too, which is like the player is running all these crazy good cards, right? They're running like Sylvan Library, Guy's Cradle, yeah. they're running like kind of the best cards that they can be finding. So to me, it strikes that like the, player saying they're running casual stuff and not even optimized when they're running these like really good value cards, they might be thinking that that's like the play pattern. Like, okay, I'm playing casually. I'm not going to be super careful. I'm not going to go for wins aggressively mm. or like kind of all the other stuff that you guys were just talking about kind of sucking too is like, sandbagging things a little bit playing in a way that's not trying to go for the win and that isn't really what people should be doing even in like the most casual level it's not that the game goal is different
0: it's that like the the path that you get there on is different i think yeah like more like mindset versus deck construction or something yeah
1: yeah i think there's also cards in general that are like flags that people are like oh that's not casual obviously guys cradles them. yeah but i played against this. someone with my 20 deck and they put down a mana crypt because and i quote i like mana rocks and yes. i got so angry
0: <laughs> and and like you could have a 20 deck swap one card and put a mana crypt in it and you know it's probably not going to make your deck that crazy more powerful but it is like a signpost like an indicator of this higher power level so you know those cards aren't necessarily inherently bad but like it does indicate that that person isn't quite playing with the same tools that you're bringing to the the sandbox
3: you know Mm -hmm. right
1: yeah I felt betrayed almost (laughs) (laughs) and plus
3: like you don't know that you don't know the rest of the deck so even if they just swapped out Mana Crypt and like but that's their first play it's like that's the only difference between that and a $20 deck it's like I just don't trust that. Like Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's nothing more suspicious than the turn one mana crypt. It just
3: doesn't make, like it would make less sense. It's like you had a glitch for one card and then you're just like, I'm a $20 deck. Oh, <laughs> mana crypt. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that.
0: The thing in this post that like bugs me and you guys kind of mentioned this is there's a couple things. One is the group hug aspect and leaning on group hug as a strategy that is like purely, you know, quote unquote casual. And I really don't think that there's I mean, they probably do exist like pure group hug decks that truly do not want to win the game. Mm-hmm. Those probably do exist. I don't want to play against them. I'm fine playing against group hug. But the thing that I don't like about it is that when the group hug player insists that they are just group hug and that they're not a threat, it's like group hug is a fine archetype. Like I, I get wanting to like make everybody a little bit more powerful. And then you, you know, at, at a certain point, like flip a switch and surge ahead. Cause you've also been making yourself more powerful. Like that's kind of the, the crux of group hug deck mm-hmm. sure, but to yeah. be like, oh, I'm just this unassuming group hug deck. Yeah, like, don't even worry about me. And, and that brings this other thing, which is like people hiding behind their deck power level in a way where they're like, well, I don't really know how good this deck is or like, Oh, it's just group hug. Like, Oh, this never happens to me. Like it couldn't possibly be a strong deck because it used this one strategy. It's like, that's not true at all. Like, it yeah. can definitely just still wreck face. An optimized group hug deck is going to crush a table of pre-cons yeah.
3: easily. Yeah, you touched easily. a good point. Like, I think the card I see a lot or I hear a lot in group hug that they win, it's like approach it approaches second sun where it's like, yeah. eventually, you know, their lands make triple mana or whatever, and then they're going to play that and they're going to play Dig Through Time and then they're going to play it again. It's like, yeah, that seems pretty valid. It's like the thing that I kind of like, that irks me a little bit about group hug is that, especially group hug without a plan, because I think maybe if you frame it differently, like how you were saying, it's like, yeah, my deck introduces resources, kind of like a Nekusar. It's like, oh, I'll give yes. everybody mana, but I can use it the most. Like, your lock of yep. Scorched Thrash is kind of yeah. one like that. Maybe if it's just framed a little differently, that, that would annoy me less. But um, the people who just, like, you know, when you go Howling Mine and then, like, Rites of Flourishing and then, like, Font of Mythos or whatever or yeah. whatever that card's called, and it's like, now everybody draws six cards. The reason that, like, I have to kill those cards immediately and I don't care what your defense is is that If everybody draws 28 cards, my deck loses. Sorry, like, or I know that I don't have the best deck at the table. Like, that's just not good for me. Whenever Mia plays, she has like a Nekusara type deck. Whenever she's played Howling Mine, it, it, immediately I just kill it. And I'm like, sometimes I kill it before <laughs> I even get a card to save a mana. And she's like, why did you do that? I'm like, Why didn't I do it sooner?
1: Look, I know why he did it. I asked because the rest of the table goes, Yeah, well, offer that crap. Yeah.
3: That. <laughs> <laughs> why did you hurt the Howling Mine?
1: Yeah, but look, it a was really giving good everyone point. cards. But yeah, I do have a Nekazar esque deck. It is, um, It does incorporate white, though. So, you know, I can win volume into my Smothering Tithe or something. Yeah, and, you yeah, know.
3: yeah. I'm but happy it's for like value
1: you. at this point.
3: And like, I don't think about that deck as Group Hug you like, I don't you, say it's group hug you, ever. Right, you don't say that. You punish it. And I've also seen a lot of people hide, maybe unintentionally hide, but they say, like, it's a joke. It's not serious. It's group yeah. hug. So, like, it's jenched. there's some kind of implication. Don't target me. I'm memeing. It's like, you're not memeing. Yeah. You're trying to win. If you have any card in that entire deck, that can win the game ever shut up and if you don't <laughs> i really don't want to play yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah like i will tell people i will draw you a bunch of cards and stuff but like my goal is i rise of the dark realms i'm trying to get you to discard all your yeah, shit yeah. i'm like you know i've reached the multiverse i'm trying to you know i tax you for every card you draw i get a treasure for every card you draw i mm-hmm. i just put a children in yeah, sure. like yeah. this is this is I am drawing you cards. I can draw you what ten a turn or something. However, you're hurting for you don't it want it one of way or damage. Not. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> this isn't for free. I'm not here to just for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think that's a much better way of going about bringing those types of like group hug elements to a table. Is to be like like what you said, BZ, Like I have a deck that distributes resources. We're all going to get additional resources from the cards I play but I'm probably going to make better use of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing to be on the lookout for. Like if the group hug deck is drawing everyone three or four cards a turn, they have built their deck to use those three or four cards much right. better than I'm going to be able to use them in my
3: weird like Mardu human deck, you know? Yeah, or sometimes they just try to deck you and it's like they play Force Fruition or something. And it's like, yeah. well, you can't help but die. And like, who cares if you have 80 cards, you yeah. can't use them. I'm running yeah.
1: <laughs> Force Fruition and also it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not group hug because you call my de- deck group slug and yeah. you know it is true yeah. Yeah, I
3: th- yeah i think maybe that's where it comes from for me in group hug uh it's just like the teehee oh let's all get some cards it's yes. like yeah i guess
0: i'm not doing anything bad and you're yeah. Like, you yeah don't you, you want cards it like whatever
1: <laughs> i'll say yeah. that but also i'll have, like say unraveler shield out it's like all right take three yeah take three for every card you draw <laughs>
0: Tony yeah. has a couple group hug ish like decks. Zyrus. Yeah, yeah, he's got a Zyrus deck, and he's got his Urlock deck, which is more group slug, but it, it does like increase mana production. And he'll say that stuff. He'll be like, "Come on, I'm trying to help you out," but he does it jokingly, knowing that we know his deck inside and out. Yeah, that's how we do it too. Yeah, yeah. But the people who say that stuff earnestly, it's like. Come on, you're not fooling anybody, dude. Like, yep. give me a fucking. Some people break. do get fooled. Yeah, some people do. I'll
1: say as a joke. I'll be like, why'd you, why you kill my uh, butt cheek boy, a copy of the crescent moon? And he'll be like, <laughs> he needed to die. And someone will be like, yeah, why'd you kill him?
3: <laughs> like a bully in like a high school movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, why'd you show
1: butt cheek boy into a locker? <laughs> <laughs> but That's but not exactly boy. what I was going for, but, but all right. cheek
3: boy. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. One other thing I want to call out in this post is. Like, I appreciate when LGSs try to sort power levels mm-hmm. and sort people into pods based on power levels. But it is a challenging thing. Granted, I think this this salty player, this person who's doing the group hug thing, isn't coming at this in good faith. I think they are yeah. trying to be misleading, trying to pub stomp a little bit, just trying to get some wins and and, you know, be a jerk about it. But even when people are coming at that stuff, like, pretty genuinely it is hard to balance your power levels because what's the difference between casual and optimized? Even competitive gets a little bit muddy around like the fringes of it, but people do have a better idea of that. But like casual and optimized are, are challenging terms. Like what we were talking about with pre-con upgrading. It's like, when does your pre-con go from casual to optimized? How many card swaps does it take? It's not like there's this fixed formula. And even then your deck can just outperform just through sheer variance, you know, if you get like your turn one soul ring and like ramp really hard, well, now your deck that you thought was a power level five is looking like a pretty good eight or yeah. or 7.5 to 7.8 or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> I think those, those things are very challenging and, you know, good on this LGS for based on what the post said, it sounds like people make a really good effort to stay within those lanes. But I think that's just a hard thing in general. And you're bound to have people who accidentally go into the wrong group and and it gets a little bit messed up and you have some bad games
2: yeah i I think your indicator too for this player kind of operating in bad faith which you mentioned sam is like them looking like trying to sneak a peek at a top card of a library like (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that
3: let's not forget that yeah and that's
2: weird like like (laughs) i think everyone has that temptation like oh i just wonder what's up there but you don't do that you just don't do that it's like and that's where i was like oh the they're casual they're treating the game like it doesn't matter not they're building their deck to be a little That's more slow paced yeah i
3: did play an lgs they used that like oh let's try to group you guys even then like i had one time where i brought a pretty casual deck i'm like yeah it's kind of janky and then like i was the dude who just like destroyed cuz the people i was playing with were like playing with like cards they had like yeah like a stack mm-hmm. of cards like, that just
1: happened to be. You give somebody Korean. like
3: a 3k right. box of whatever from like right. amazon and like that was the deck and i was like yeah, a power level one right, it really actually. it was like a one or a two and i was like mm-hmm. these don't it starts at four Like, yeah. and i was just like oh geez guys sorry i'm playing like you know mediocre <laughs> beats and I'm like attacking for seven in the air and I'm feeling like oh my god I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. he's over here pump stomping because he has an
1: actual curve when their decks don't start till uh CMC five like- yeah. <laughs> well yeah like it was you
3: know what it was the perfect this will be the perfect example I milled a guy for three and he was like, Oh jeez." Like, <laughs> oh no! I my seven drop in there, I'm like, "Uh oh!" I, I knew <laughs> so from there. I was like, "This is not going to go how I thought it was It's
0: so good. You like? I only hear myths of the power level one and two players. I definitely yeah. really had like a power level one or two deck when I first started playing EDH, but like, mm-hmm. I just have never encountered it. It has been so so long since I've ever found it. In
3: a way, it was refreshing. I was like, "Wow." this it is still exists. the pure magic that i could never recapture like I they have it. stories
0: about you yeah <laughs> I, I was
3: you when i was 12. Yeah. <laughs> i can never be you again I mean, let me show you about kaleidastone let me show you this card called kaleidastone <laughs> <man>. <laughs> tell you what's up <laughs> land of elf is more busted than you thought oh
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so good well
2: what do we think the salt ratings are on this story
1: I think this is one cubic foot of salt i'd be pretty mm. angry if this <laughs> happened to me
3: yeah i would say this is like you know like a like a phone case full of salt like it's definitely tangibly annoying but i am glad <laughs> that the lgs like after seeing the resolution of like the lgs like this guy wasn't allowed at the event yeah i have to reduce my salt a yeah. little bit but like, I, yeah, the yeah guy i'm happy there's a resolution. came on you guy who did that you know mm-hmm. who was just like being a spike for no reason but annoying at least the outcome was okay
0: yeah, yeah. i agree with that it's like
2: going and ordering fries from a restaurant and they're a little too salty and then you go back and you try them again and they're still kind of too salty but then you go back that third time and the restaurant was like yo our bad yeah like, we, we fixed you. it they're this good the now, hottest I promise fries.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the happy ending
0: does
2: help they really
3: gave you a large when you ordered a medium <laughs> yeah. I agree with all that I,
0: I think that this is a pretty salty situation I definitely you know over half a shaker for me if I had to go through with this stuff but the fact that the LGS came in And and really, you know, just showed that they like care about these power levels and care about their environment. That's awesome. I mean, you don't see that. uh, Well, you you do see that often, which is good, but there are definitely LGSs that don't do that. So how about another one, Sam? Let's do another one. Let's do that long one. (laughs) I'm ready. Hell yeah, I'm ready. I'm buckled up. The long ones have to be read at some point. You know, that's the thing. Like, if I (laughs) save them all, then we're going to have one episode where it's just like hours. Yeah. It's just way too long. That would be hilarious.
2: Just an episode where you only read posts. We don't even talk about them. (laughs) Can't even evaluate. You only
1: read all of the long posts. (laughs) Sam is just a narrator for a full episode.
0: (laughs) That would be so exhausting.
3: It all started when I was seven.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into another one here. We got one from our buddy, Reed, and this is another submission through our lovely website. Reed Duke submitting yeah, posts Duke. to our... <laughs> Reed Duke, the, the the forlorn member of the Dukey Boys, the third member <laughs> of the Dukey Boys with me and Alan from Mental Misplay, Reed Duke. <laughs> if he uh, ever listens to this podcast, he'll, he'll hear the little inside joke we've had for a while. <laughs> that he is unknowingly a part of. The Dookie Boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And the story goes, Hi, Salty Crew. I'm dealing with an issue where my brother-in-law, Pete, seems to target me and make sure that I don't have a chance of winning. But incidentally, King makes other players at the table by doing so, which is making me a bit salty. My pod has four members, Pete, Mark, Steve, and me. I feel like we can we can spice up these names. Yeah, we got Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, cool. Uh Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, nice. And uh and <laughs> Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that Steve Jobs died of ligma?
1: Who's Steve Jobs? <laughs> like <my> balls.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we have referenced that way too many times yeah, recently, and I've loved it every time. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so good. It's <laughs> yeah, like all the time. I'm thinking about that. Who's Who Steve
3: it? Jobs? Oh. We'll enact like, we'll it with nobody else here, I'll be like, I'll do the voice. I'm like, Who the hell is Steve Jobs?
1: <laughs>
0: like my balls. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you'll hear from
0: the other room. Like my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right, so let's hear about these characters. Pete Davidson builds his decks to have a ton of value, but sometimes loses sight of a win con. He consistently has the most card draw and loves his tokens. Mark Wahlberg builds his decks with low removal and low protection and instead uses all those slots to make way for some crazy game-ending nuke and high synergies. He's usually the biggest threat at the table, and we save some removal to prevent that from happening in most games. Despite being targeted a majority of the time, he's never salty. Steve Jobs is the least experienced deck builder and player, but occasionally builds some of the most overpowered commanders, such as Teza Karlov and Niv-Mizzet-Perun, which you can't really build incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I bet you could, but uh, it's good that Steve Jobs isn't. I would say that I'm the most consistent deck builder. Well, that makes sense, Reed Duke. You're a very accomplished and decorated magic player, which doesn't necessarily mean that I build the best decks. I have played the most games outside of our pod via the LGS and on Spell Table, which caused me to tune my decks and have a better balance of ramp, protection, interaction, and finishers, which ultimately helps me squeeze out a few close wins here and there. I purposefully don't run infinite combos, fast mana, or many tutors, just because I prefer a bit more RNG. What a guy. I started tracking all of our games in our pod and shared the stats with the others because I like stats and I wanted everyone to be certain how people are performing. Steve Jobs is the most winningest person in the pod, partly from the commanders he chooses and the fact that we all seem to focus our removal on Mark's crazy decks before dealing with Steve. I'm now the second most winningest player in the pod. All right, that's the background. The story goes, I won the first game of the night running my new Afara God of the Polis blink deck. For most of the game, we were all trying to figure out how to deal with Mark's Earl, the Miststalker Voltron deck. I luckily had Elishnorn, Mother of the Machines, and was able to blink Rishadon Footpad a few times to keep threats off the board. I occasionally chose not to blink Rishadon Footpad because I didn't want to completely run Pete and Steve's entire games when it came down to them having to sacrifice lands. I eventually was able to take Mark out via combat damage and then deal with the other two players for the win. In the next game, I power down and hop on my upgraded Urza Chief Artificer Precon deck. How upgraded is it?
3: <laughs> Read. A separate podcast.
0: You got
2: to
3: let us know.
0: Steve is playing Teza Karlov. Pete is playing Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways. And Mark is playing Mahadi Emporium Master. I am mana screwed on Urza, somehow only having two lands on turn seven. Ugh, that sucks. Oof. Oof. The previous game I played with this deck, I was mana flooded. At this point, I was already pretty salty at myself and RNG of not drawing lands. The Teza Karlov board state is getting out of hand and has a Liliana Dreadhorde General on the battlefield. Pete plays a board wipe, sacrificing one of his creatures to Yeheni Undying Partisan to give him Indestructible. Yeheni gets 13 plus one plus one counters, and the Liliana is wide open. Pete enters combat and swings Yeheni at me. The mana screwed urs a I point out that I only have two lands, and there's a Liliana Dreadhorde General on the battlefield, and he says, you've been mana screwed and won before, which I haven't. And doesn't change his attacks, so I take 15 damage. The turn gets around to Steve, and he ends up drawing enough cards via Liliana and sacrifices enough creatures to drain the board with Teza and win. Hmm. In the next game, I play my weakest deck, Baloth-Bear-Till the Entertainer, and a Raised by Giants background combo. Because I still feel like Afara, God of the Polis, win was a bit oppressive, and I didn't want to bounce back from a bad loss with another strong deck. Fast forward into the game a bit, I have Baloth, Raised by Giants, and Atali, Primal Conqueror on the battlefield. Pete plays Bloodthirsty Blade and attaches it to Mark's Frodo, Sauron's Bane. At this point, Mark has to swing Frodo at Steve on his turn due to the double goad, because Baloth goads as well. However, during Pete's second main phase, he uses Anguished Unmaking at sorcery speed on Raised by Giants. I call him out and tell him that's a straight-up bad play, and explain that the Sorcery Speed and targeting and enchantment that is not currently threatening him, and I still have a blocker for Frodo, so even if the goal was to remove the goad so the Frodo player could potentially take me out, they'll probably still attack the other player. This is the second time that Pete has used Anguish Unmaking at Sorcery Speed on one of my unthreatening permanents in the last two weeks. I told him that it's okay to use Anguish Unmaking on Raised by Giants, but that his timing of when to use it is critical. Out of salt induced spite, I transformed my Itali, Primal Conqueror next turn and swung at him for lethal infect damage. <laughs> oh boy. If only he had an Anguished Unmaking in yeah, hand. Right. <laughs> Funny enough, Steve, the person who Frodo would have been forced to attack, ended up winning the game. Why did he not choose Itali for the Anguished Unmaking? I do not know. So I'm getting a bit salty because one, I can't stand bad threat assessment and bad spell timing. Two, I feel like preventing me from having a chance at winning was more important to them than actually trying to win the game themselves. And three, the previous games with different decks were influencing actions taken in the current game. Stay salty. Read Duke. Interesting. That was a long one read, but we appreciate the details. Yeah, that was a saga.
1: Yeah. It's really good that we got all of those details. I feel pretty bad considering it's like, I think you need to have a talk with that friend about like, why do you think that I'm the threat in this situation, like away from the game? Yeah. Because I feel like there are times we've all done stuff out of spite in a game. It's like, Oh, you destroyed oh, yeah. my thing. I'll destroy your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we've had that. So, oh, yeah? Have we? <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: I've personally never done that, but I, yeah. I, I I've heard stories though.
1: Personally yeah. never. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah.
2: I've, I've personally never sacrificed an entire board of tokens <laughs> in order to try and get a Glamour Baron to fight something that's (laughs) definitely never happened
1: (laughs) (laughs) so but i do think that person needs to sit down with their friend and be like look like i appreciate you're seeing me as a threat and that like you know you respect my play style but it's also that if this is the game like maybe you should use your removal here like what am i doing to maybe make you salty because like also this makes me salty you know just open communication i guess would be the best option Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially if they're gonna be playing against each other a lot more in the future yeah. yeah, there's a
3: couple. there's a couple things. At the end, when they I think they summed up really well when they were like, Hey guys, like past actions from past games are influencing this game, and it really feels like you just wanna you want me to lose more than you want to win. Yeah. And that, that's that's good. But I think the the poster might be on a little bit of like a slippery slope as well, where it's like I think getting salty at someone for making a play that you would never make is just a bad move in general. Of like you have to allow people to make bad plays. You know, like if someone's trying to make the best play and they make a play that like is somehow objectively terrible, I can't be mad at them. I just don't think that's a tenable like position to take because then you just you're just policing someone's like ability to make a move, and it's like Mm -hmm. how fast can they make the move? What like what what would you do? Do They have to do they have to consult you to like not make you salty. It's like I'm not saying they were doing that. Yeah. It's just like given two options and they pick the worst option. I don't get mad at that any, anymore.
1: Yeah. I also think magic is such a game of like hiding information and stuff that yeah. something that might look bad to you doesn't always mean it's the worst play. Yeah, We talked sure. about this a lot. It's yeah. like, when someone's going to win the game, you should have to use a counter spell, but like if someone tutored for their win and they're going next and they're going to win, it's like, should you, should you try and make someone else use the removal? Should you save it? It's like, mm-hmm. we don't know enough. Because we don't have perfect information. So I think getting mad at someone for making a move that you wouldn't do when you don't have full information is kind of shitty. Yeah, usually that's just not the move,
3: I think.
2: I struggled with this one a lot because... Plays that I perceive as bad is definitely one of my hugest pet peeves. <laughs> the question for me is always, why? Like, why are you doing that? And and I do actually think that's a pretty decent way of framing it in a post-game conversation. Yeah. Like, after the game, you can ask why. It puts it on them, because if yeah. they say... I don't like you winning, you're like, what the fuck? That's not the <laughs> yeah. point, man. Yeah. Try to win yourself, you know? Oh, I
3: figured out what's wrong. You have no idea what what <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> if they say, oh, I forgot it was instant speed. I thought that Raised by Giants was a threat for some reason. Like, if they have reasoning, then you can have more of a dialogue about it instead of it just being like...
3: Yeah, you kind of have to drop it Yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah exactly. But like, I, I did have one game where, you know, I had like, just exactly what you said, Mike, like, I was attacking... A player for lethal to take them out of the game because i thought they had a really crazy board they had i think it was like rough triplets and they were all 12 12s with trample or something yeah. and they had like four <laughs> of them and i was like all right oh my god I, sick top deck i can kill this one player with it was uh it was a limited it was a commander seal it was mm-hmm. a vol, like a volcanic dragon it was a four four flyer with haste for six and i was like oh my god all right like i'm going to attack you and i sent it over and a player to the player to my right the other guy was like no and then he killed it but like <laughs> we, the rest of the table was dead on board to Gruff Triplets guy. And I and I was just kind of like, there was no way. And I'm like, I can't rationalize that. <laughs> it yeah. just felt like you had to have wanted me to lose. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. We call yeah. that the
1: YouTuber tax sometimes. Yeah, because I wasn't <laughs> yeah. winning.
3: It's like I found a way to kill them. And it was yeah. like, I was like racking my brain. I'm like, maybe it was no, because he died.
1: <laughs> I've definitely used this at conventions before, before I was on the channel. We've been playing a game. <laughs> together. And someone was like, well, I could kill because like, I could kill or- one
3: person right now. And I was like,
1: do you want to say that you killed a YouTuber? Before? Yeah. They, they were yeah. like, yeah. Take <laughs> it at home with me. me. With threats in hand going, yeah, kill BZ. That's why
3: I recruited her. I'm like, no more. <laughs> now you're a YouTuber.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: I think you don't want them targeting you just because they want you to lose. But he did also say that he was the second most winningest person in the pod. Yep. I think there's a little bit of difference, though. Like, I generally know if we're playing with a pot, I know who brings the strongest decks, or if mm-hmm. we're playing with decks I've seen a million times. I know which deck is the best deck. So tiebreaker, all else equal, I'll attack the person I think has a combo in the deck or can yeah. win the most. Yeah, And yeah. that might look unfair at the time. Or, you know, like, uh, Joe actually had this Maelstrom Wander deck, and it was just all, like, seven drops. So the first couple of turns, they never look like a threat. But the right way to play against that deck so you don't lose every time uh, was to just beat the crap out of them on turns yeah. one through six. <laughs> Pressure it, just, early. it looks bad, but it's like that's what you have to do sometimes. And I don't that's think, I don't think, uh, Steve Jobs or whoever is the Reduke. Sorry, <laughs> I don't Jones. think Reduke is at that point yet, but there might be a little bit of that where, like, if they think he always wins, sometimes he's going to get un- unlawfully targeted. Yeah. yeah. But I still think he's overall the victim if people are saying, I just don't want you to win the game. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I think it's hard to parse out, like, The salt with the advice in this one, because I think the advice on like the proper timing for casting Anguished Unmaking Making does come from like a really good space of like wanting to help your friend and wanting them to know like, hey, these decision points come at like critical moments. And that's like the power of instant speed magic. Trying to impart that knowledge to a friend in a moment when you're really salty is like hard to do. And I don't think it's going to be received, even if it comes from a good place. Yeah when this happens to me, I often will say like, I don't think that's a good play and I want to talk about it at the end of the game. Yeah. Because then I can get, I can cool down a bit and then I can get the understanding of like, why you know what was the rest of the information there did you have another removal spell Mm -hmm. in your hand that i didn't see that was going to let that Frodo sirens bane get through on the other player that's a good
3: idea yeah yeah
0: you know i think in the moment like in the
2: game what you do is politic you say are you sure like you could target that it's better and then after the game is the moment you can say look i have literally no agenda we're after the game i'm not worried about winning anymore the game is over but I think your chance of winning goes up if you hold that piece of interaction to yeah. the right timing. Right. I yeah. think
1: magic's tough in that scenario because we are playing against four, you know, it's a four-person game. It's not as easy as 1v1 where it's like, I have to yeah. kill this person. Like, for instance, when all else fails, if I have a I have something on board and I can ping someone for two damage immediately, it's probably going to be BZ if I don't know the other p- two people because it's totally. more of like an I know BZ. It's like, and your first attack usually will be me if you don't know the people. All other else equal. People, you, because it's yeah. like not only do we know each other's decks we know we won't hold it against each other for two three damage yeah
3: yeah yeah it was interesting that he brought up the like liliana versus deal 15 to me play that's an interesting play like to me i don't even think you know like if i'm putting myself in whoever attacked the person with the henny you know, i'm putting myself in their shoes if i really think that Reduke duke has like that big of a chance to win I'm like, like he always wins or like it's in my head that he's like this mm-hmm. one of the best players or the best player at the pod I don't think it's that crazy to attack him for 15 instead of, you know, take a Liliana down. It's funny because it's almost like the worst for Reduke, It was like the worst possible follow-up to like prove what he was already thinking. (laughs) Yeah. That they just happened to like combo (laughs) off and win when that didn't seem like from an empty board. It doesn't really seem that likely. Maybe the board was a little bit more complicated, but it was empty, presumably. Uh, And it just seems like it might just speak more to... How much do they think of you or like how much they think of a threat you are versus yeah. like how much do they just want you dead? Because it's funny. Yeah.
0: There is also like a resource thing where when you have a creature that big, like a creature with 15 power and I attack a planeswalker that has five loyalty to me, that feels like a waste. Like yeah. I want I want that 15 power that I just got to do the most work for me. And usually that's like player damage, you
3: know. That's a mistake people have made too. Definitely. You know, I have a ten ten. I don't want to kill this planeswalker. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times that can be a mistake. But but even then, if it's just a simple mistake, that's not them hating you. Yeah, you can't yeah. hold a mistake against someone.
1: Yeah, Lily's pretty strong anyways to begin with. But I think when all else fails, if their answer is we just want to see you dead, then you just have to find new. That's
3: the problem. Yeah. To play with I yeah. mean.
1: In my recent play group, I've had two players who have completely fundamentally different play styles. They've been friends for years and they're still friends, but they just agree not to play with each other anymore.
3: <laughs> One's like Mega Spike and the other one is like, I just want to sit down for an hour and have fun. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just two different decks you're building, right? One wins by accident sometimes. He goes, I don't like winning, but this deck likes winning. When, he, when we asked him to build something a little bit spikier than like dirtling. <laughs> but, like Elvish that.
3: Visionary type replacements. <laughs> and I love draw a card, lose a lash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a he's a big uh, Orzhov fan of like Luris mm. I'm like, all right, come back, come down, come back. <laughs> but
3: then he always misses the like, where's the drain? I
1: don't know. <laughs> I wasn't feeling. Like it. I'm just, just, doing, like the yeah, I'm just doing
2: the the back and forth. I'm not doing the benefit part from that.
1: <laughs>
3: They're in there. There's just never enough of them.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you guys think the overall salt rating for for this post is?
3: I think you have potential for a very high salt rating after you have this very necessary conversation. But right now, I don't even. I wouldn't say it's that high for me. Maybe. Uh, let's see, maybe like a tablespoon of salt.
1: I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a McDonald's fry of salt. Like I think it can get really, really salty, but right now it's like, it might have a problem, but, yeah, but with those two plays, I, I don't know. I, I, am yeah. not this person. I haven't seen enough. I think the salt
0: is fresh on this one. I don't think it's a lot of salt, but you can still taste it. Mm-hmm. You know, Reed still has that taste in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like the more you think about this situation and the play that happened, like we said, some of those tools are like trying to take that analysis of that move and bring it to the end of the game when there's no stakes anymore. You've cooled down from your salt a little bit and you can have a better conversation about that. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really helpful for your play group. But anytime there's like playgroup challenges and stuff, it's always going to be a little bit salty because, you know, if, if this is enough where you feel like I need outside advice with this situation, then you know, there's, there's going to be some salt there. And it, it's always tough to see that. And that stuff can be challenging to navigate to.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think actually playing with the same four people over and over might be one of the biggest salt factors. Like, because me and Joe used to play every game together and we would actually start to just get like sick of playing <laughs> play together, like where we couldn't play together. But it wasn't that we like were mad at each other or anything. It ended up being that we just knew the exact workings of every single card in every single deck. So I know that's like when they go this into this, that's a huge problem, and when no one else respects that because they're like, "I don't even know you guys. I just want to play a game of Commander," we would just end up like resenting it, and it would just start to yeah. be annoying. And then when we played less often, we had way more fun together when we did play. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We like, get I don't know. Like, I don't too. know if you could
3: just add people into the play group, but like that's definitely a real thing of like yeah, diversifying familiarity fatigue. I definitely yeah.
1: think that playing with a big group of friends and just having that ability to change pods does help so much.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we play like the core four, uh, me, Mike, Tony, and our friend Nick. We used to play every single week. We don't as much now just because we're, you know, it, it's been a we busy We try to, months. but it we try happens. to happens. <laughs> but there are some times where we play and we're salty, like from the mulligan, you know? But, but part of it is that we're just such good friends and we love to push each other's buttons and we know perfectly how to do that. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. like, we, we find that our casual games have become... More salty over time, and then we need to play CDH as like a palate cleanser because it's yeah. so low salt for
3: us. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I remember there was a time that I kind of realized this. Joe played a, a shroud claim, and I'm like, "That's it." Every time I ask myself, "How did I lose?" It's because they played Skytrow Claim. claims. So I played Shadow of Doubt in response, and that, <laughs> when when they got like super aggravated at that, I'm like, "Figured it out." Wait <laughs> a second, maybe we just played too much Commander. Together. <laughs>
1: I think if you're putting answers into your deck to directly counter someone else's deck, Mm -hmm. I think that's the point where you need to uh, kind of reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah, that
0: that is good wisdom. If you're hard teching against someone else's build, you're you're too deep. You're too deep on it.
3: It's like we are too deep.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think for this, this is like kind of low
2: salt. I think, you know, having a play group that is repeatedly doing it, I can tell it's just kind of building up. You know, we've talked about the strategies of when to talk, when to give advice, when to mm-hmm. do some politics, like when to let things kind of get to you a little bit. I do think that some of the work here is just our poster here. I think it's read If you know you're the second most winningest player Sometimes it's fine to take the L. Like, sometimes you're going to get yeah. poorly targeted. The threat assessment's going to be wrong. You're going to lose something and you're going to lose the game. Like, I'm our losingest player in our casual games, and it's 50% because I kind of <laughs> don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to lose the game, and that's probably going to be okay. And it's that, not going to hit uh, me too it, much. And then I'll be a little bad. salty baby bad. in the corner yeah. about it. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> no, like if the stats are showing you're doing fine and you're on a deck that you deliberately chose as not your strongest deck to like have this more even experience, like it is okay for you to to lose in some of those games, even if it feels frustrating or feels unfair. Like sometimes you do just have to
3: take the loss. I think that's really good advice I've had. That my that's my experience in Commander draft. We used to get together every week for a regular draft, and I was like one of the most winningest players in that that group, if not like the most by, you know, whatever, everybody knew it. we're like, oh, BZ it was like, he's going to win this. Then, yeah, whatever. But then like when we got to commander drafts, my win rate was abysmal. Yeah. And I was like, back in my head, I'm like, like, it's a little annoying in the, in the moment, but I'm like, I can't really fault it. It's like all else to equal, they just would slap me. Yeah. Or it's a tough choice. They would slap me. I'm like, I, I just think that's like the exact <laughs> scenario. Where it's like, what a nice problem to have, right?
1: I mean, I also think that we're playing commander. We're playing four player games one in four chance that you're going to win uh, just by chance in yeah. general that's if you're going to you know pick one out of four you're going to lose and you're losing
0: the majority of the time <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah so i think that unless you're pub stomping or you're actively being dishonest you have to know that you're going to lose a majority of the time yep.
3: yeah check the win rate i guess if and, you if you have the win rate of everybody and are if, they all close to 25 or or is it like you know
1: yeah and you have to go into that knowing that like you are going to lose most of the time because it's commander, because you have three other opponents, you know?
0: Exactly. Well, should we move on to another one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump to our third and final story here, why don't we? Got a little short one here to finish it off. This one comes to us from our buddy Cameron, aka Aegis001, and this is a Gmail submission, and the title of this post is Salty Spell Table Rando, Unsurprising. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right.
3: Should we just talk about how we feel now? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah so salt ratings? Yeah. Right. And the post goes, Hey Foreman, Cameron, aka Aegis001 here. This is an older salty story, but I had to submit it. I was playing my first game ever on Spelltable and got matched with a Tassiger player, an Estrid player, and an Immotech player. I was on Wrath, Weatherlight, Stalwart. Love that deck. Before the game, the Estrid player says, This is probably my best deck. If I get going, basically nobody is going to be able to stop me. Estrid starts the game with an off-camera shuffle, (laughs) a draw seven, and a keep. After hearing what he said, I mulligan to find a counterspell, and I succeed. Estrid goes first. Brace yourself for these turns. Estrid on turn zero plays a ley line of anticipation. On turn one, they play land, soul ring, into arcane signet. On turn two, they play Land, Bloom Tender, Avicen's Pilgrim, and Birds of Paradise, and at this point, I am suspicious. On turn three, they play another Land, and they cast Estrid. So a very quick start. So when Estrid is cast, I hit it with an Arcane Denial. The guy does a weird voice and says, ooh, ah, Arcane Denial. I counter it with my own Arcane Denial. Now I am very suspicious that he had the ability to pull out this much mana by turn three, play his commander, and have protective interaction that draws a card. The Tassiger player pipes up and hits Estrid with a force of negation. Hell yeah. The Estrid player absolutely loses it, starts actually yelling about how he can't compete with free counter spells, and that we should have revealed that we were playing free counter magic in Rule Zero which, remember, consisted of him proclaiming that his deck was unbeatable. He says he can't recover from this setback and that he's already out of the game. The Tasker player tries to remedy the situation by offering to hit his Arcane Denial instead of Estrid so that he can get an extra draw off of my Arcane Denial, and the Estrid player's screen just goes black. We played a good game and Immotech won, but I can't help but wonder how someone could be so mad about a counterspell when the deck was probably stacked in their favor. Mm -hmm. Stay salty, Cameron, ages zero zero one, and uh, they they gave us their RAF deck list as well. Notably, RAF is a one cent commander. So yeah, that's cool. the one that we talked about at the top of the episode.
2: It's a good couple. I
1: just I okay. So BZ and I have this thing where we say, if you need to cheat in casual commander, like what are you doing? Basically, yeah, like yeah. why? Like there's no stakes. And what the fuck is this person doing? I feel that yeah. way
0: about every game. I think if you need to cheat in any game, what the fuck? Why
3: are you playing yeah. a game? Do something else. Just play a game where you control everything, where there's not even any rules. Just go like play in the sandbox or something. Yeah, yeah, but
1: especially when there's no stakes. Right. It's like, what do you get if you win? A little tingly feeling? Like, yeah. yeah.
3: Big tingle. Find your dopamine <laughs> not at
0: three other people's expense. Like, yeah. It's very possible to do. I mean, somebody cheating on Spell Table honestly doesn't surprise me. Like, like we kind of said. Completely obnoxious yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah. Spell Tables is like the Wild West and also the sewer. I
3: think for me, this is a low salt score.
1: Well, I mean, I'd be salty in the moment because it's like, why do I have to get paired up with that? But then mm. as long as I had a good game with the rest of the people, I wouldn't be so salty. But yeah. it's like, why do you have to do that, yeah. you know? To me,
3: it gets way more awkward and uncomfortable when there's a crybaby or someone freaking out in person. Because it's like, well, I don't know where this is going to escalate or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm, but if through. the worst thing that could happen is they shut off their webcam, it's like, all right, bye. Yeah, it's
2: almost worse if they stay. Like, at least <laughs> yeah. they left. You know, you yeah. can just yeah. fill that with a fourth person, kick off another game.
3: I would be a baby more. I'm gonna. Like, <laughs> they just and keep talking. Yeah.
2: You're yeah. like, oh, God, can I mute you? one thing <laughs> ages zero zero one did ask here is like how does someone stack their deck and then get this salty it is exactly because they stacked their deck and still <laughs> couldn't win that they got so salty yeah it's like
3: it's evidence it, yeah. it is
2: additional evidence you're so right that they stacked their deck because that that's the level of upset that they are they're like this that's, is the perfect yeah. right. thing there's
3: no way i lose Like, and if this can't win yeah. Like, what What do I, I can't even cheat hard than this. That means I'm never going to win. <laughs> it, it's yeah. also
0: really funny because, like, they have so much mana that they're not out of the game. You could just cast Estrid again next turn, yeah. probably. And, like, you're getting the extra draw, and, like, you could just very easily continue to play. And, like, a turn, a turn for Estrid,
3: also really, so really good. good. And to me, just as, like, inexperienced... Toxic, like it just, like, yeah, shit. it just racks up more <laughs> adjectives person that are not favorable, like me, I just yeah, said. like.
1: I'm not allowed to say the stuff on NN. So I have to get it all, <laughs> yeah, it all out. I'm not allowed to say the D word when I pull out the shell the hedgehog.
3: Damn! I think I'm just like 98% terminally locked into PG-13 mode, whether I want
0: to or not. Well, I'm the opposite way. I I, I have a really hard time not just like cussing a shit ton on other people's streams. <laughs> oh, <screens. nuts. laughs> yeah, we were on a stream one time, and the person kicking it—I forget who it was. But we were like, "Can we swear?" And they're like, "Yeah, you can." Just like don't really say the F word because YouTube doesn't love that. And we were, like, getting ready, and I was like, all right, I, I got a, I got a good fucking hand right here. And they were like, I just started streaming. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, like, for no sorry. reason. It was literally, like, the
1: first yeah, word. Yeah, you gotta use the F-bomb, like, wisely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just fires it off three seconds. You know, yeah. I, I completely understand that, because every single time we have to cut, and I say something, I, like, flub up a line, I go, like, fuck. And it's like, it's, it's good insurance that I know that the editor won't put it in, but also it's like, yeah, oh, okay, well, there's no recovering this one, just gotta do yeah. it over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like any
3: chance of that being usable is now
1: ruined. <laughs> she does like a weird,
3: like an old, like an old hermit would. She's like, and the next guy's like, <laughs>
1: <She> just involved, and <laughs> like
3: she says, frog. <laughs>
0: I will say I love a story where there is somebody doing something shady and the pod teams up and like just fucking like blast their shit. Yeah, it's like like, a
3: random nerd can't beat three other random nerds, right? Like it's just as soon as you team up, it's over for them. They have no leverage. (laughs) It's It's so
0: good. Oh, gosh. But yeah, I mean, you know, whiny baby's going to whine like (laughs) (laughs) it's just how it is sometimes. Should we do assault rating for this one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I think this one for me, I mean, it's pretty low salt. It sounds like you had a shitty cheater on spell table, which like surprise, right? And it was nipped in the bud very quickly. And hey, you guys had the counter spells in hand, like, and then they left immediately. Like you were saying, BZ, like the best thing about this is that they were gone almost immediately. Yeah, that's fantastic.
1: I'd say this is a low lingering salt ring. Mm-hmm. And then, when I see cheating, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then like after it's like, okay, it's gone. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I think
3: um, the hindsight really helps us be less salty because if mm-hmm. they would have just won the game and dominated with their stupid crafted hand, it's like yeah. I wasted an hour of my life. But I think we, we do have hindsight to thank for this. And knowing yep. that they were cheating and got demolished makes it you less said. salty
2: yeah this is like a secret sugar break here like the story is worth it and i hope that there was an enjoyable game as a follow-up for this either picking up a fourth player or just playing it out with the three people at least you know that the player that force of negation is like on the level you're like okay this vibe passed officially
3: (laughs) well and also like now now that person their their foolishness gets to be like it's so amplified how many yeah. people get to hear it now it's like <laughs> yeah Oops, shouldn't have done that i guess <laughs> you're gonna learn today <laughs> real. the person's gonna be like oh my god that was me
1: <laughs> cringe i'm sorry guys
0: <laughs> love it well mike i think it might be that time of the week i've been waiting what time of the week sam it's the time of the week that comes every week it's the time of the week where we say mike Don't make me do it. You have to do it. (laughs) Don't make me do it. You have to do it. Mike, 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 Mike.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's the salty card of the week? Well, thanks, Sam. The salty card of the week.
0: Cause it's just salt. Everyone else is just at fault. Is it my destiny to live and die? A life of deck fragility. Cause it's just Salt. Where they see fun, I see assault. What will it take for them to see? I need to win this game and every game. (laughs) And that is I'm Just Ken from the Barbie movie. I think it was written by Ryan Gosling or at the very least performed by Ryan Gosling. And that was a salty song request from accidental TPK, who was kind enough to provide us with lyrics as well. That's thank good. You, thank TV, you. Right? That was
1: wonderful. We really enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> thank you. Accidental TPK.
1: I think you
3: added a lot to it. Sam. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the salty card of the week this week is cataclysm. It is two and two white for a sorcery. Each player chooses from the permanence he or she controls, an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a land, and sacrifices the rest. So, me and BC, would this card make you salty?
3: Hmm. I think it's another one of those cards that if I see it without foreknowledge of it, I would be a little bit like, hmm? What? Ah, I, little, I would probably get a little salty. I... I Knowing No Holds Barred or you know, um, my deck can't possibly lose uh, that might change <laughs> my perception a little bit. It's not a card I've ever considered putting a No Deck. I guess we can put it there.
1: I think it really depends on the deck because I run Armageddon Ravages of War, my CEDH Kalia so that's very mm-hmm. No Holds Barred and if mm-hmm. you have a follow-up you're going to win the next turn or something. like, Or you have yeah. something and you're like, oh I'm swinging in for lethal on everyone then maybe it makes sense. But I, I really hate when mass land destruction is a thing and there's no follow-up it's like what are you gonna do now oh i don't know like rebuild i guess like yeah it's hard to win
3: after this one right i mean people might keep creatures people might keep they're all gonna keep a land so you know this could very well the game could go for like four or five more turns you can't maybe if you have like six planeswalkers out but at that point we're done anyway
2: that is the interesting thing it does not hit planeswalkers and it doesn't hit battles
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) battles are safe
2: Yep, so your battles are safe. So it does, you know, you can break parity
0: on it in a weird Super Friends deck where you're running it. Yeah, that's a good point. How does this one make you feel, Sam? Yeah, I I agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, this is kind of your classic uh, situation with land destruction or those super board wipes that are hitting like land and multiple permanent types. It probably has a home in very specific decks like you mentioned, like a Super Friends deck might want this, or if you have some kind of way to break parity on it, like cast it, and put a Teferi's Protection out or, you know, some kind of effect that gets you some value back, like Brought Back or some of those other white spells that you can kind of stack on top of this or or cast afterwards um, to break parity. But generally speaking, I think these effects are kind of a bummer, usually just because they're played poorly, I guess I would say. Like, I think people, the people who want to play Land Destruction tend to experiment with it in a way that, is a little bit more chaotic and it just gets thrown out there versus really like trying to pick their moment and break parody and use it as something to launch a win con off of so for me i think eight times out of ten this is going to make me salty if someone plays it against me and those other two times someone has a game plan and they're going to take this and, and push it into a win yep what about you mike does this make you feel salty
2: Uh, I mean, uh, similar to you guys, I I have not seen this in a game very often. I I do think it's really interesting to kind of draw some parallels to some cards that we do see played a little bit more. Like there's, um, what's the white, uh, gear Hulk
3: cataclysmic gear Hulk,
2: right? Cataclysmic gear Hulk that, that is very similar. I think it misses the lands though. So it's, it's like a little less scary and there's also balance, which we don't see, but is banned. Um, and does again actually less than this card in some ways. it just downgrades everybody to the lowest. I like of other people, a lot. <laughs> but it also hits hands, which is a pretty big difference from this. yeah, so I think it's interesting that we have some versions of this effect or similar effect that are like not a shocking card to see resolve in the gear Hulk. Other versions that are so busted they're banned, like Balance, and then this one, which we never see but is like very high or is is in the top 100 salty cards. So I think I think it's a mix how how far like along the spectrum we find effects like this, and I think this particular one, I hope it's mostly run in Super Friends decks because that that is the
0: clean, nice way of breaking parody on it that I think is interesting. So. Yeah. It seems like the way to break parity on this one is pretty narrow and that's yep. probably why you aren't seeing it because even in a super friends deck, I mean just doing regular land destruction is probably still going to get you the value that you need and maybe leave you with some like the tokens that you're creating and stuff like that. This board wipes you though also. This this lets you wipe everyone else's board yeah.
2: and then uptick your walkers to make tokens to to block and then you deal with each of uh,
0: your opponent's single creature that's left. For sure, yeah. It it just feels very niche. And yeah. even the thing with like leaving somebody with one creature, like if, you know, if I'm playing my Rafik of the Many deck, uh mark your bingo cards at home everybody. I mentioned Rafik. If I'm playing Rafik, that's the creature I'm going to keep and I'll probably keep a really good aura and I and think a pretty I'll- decent equipment. Yeah, and I think I'll just be fine, you know? (laughs) You might just be dead. I mean, maybe I should put this in Rafik. is what I'm learning. (laughs) 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 Wait a
3: second. Uh, Salty card or new tech?
1: Yeah, I also think it's soft ban too because mass land destruction is so not acceptable at most casual tables. Yeah. So I think that we'd probably be more salty about it if we saw it more often. Yeah,
0: that's so true. A hundred percent, yeah. So many of these MLD things, it's just like theoretical salt and most of the moments that I can point to where mld was cast against me it's like you know it's like i said like somebody just being like i found this card isn't this interesting and they cast it and we're like okay well no. now we all have to rebuild and this is going to be very slow
3: yeah yeah i um it's interesting land destruction just falls into such a weird spot you know you go what's the strongest thing you can do in commander the answer is not blow up all lands the answer is take that same amount of mana and just win the game instead yeah so it's like yeah. not The best thing to do, so you kind of almost are only going to see it from people who actively just want to play it. Like, they play it because I want to blow up all lands. And it's like, all right, that ends up falling somewhere on the higher end of power, but it's not the strongest thing you can do. So I feel like even like from a power perspective, you're not going to see people wanting to do that very often. I mean,
1: it definitely depends on your game plan if you're teething stuff out or if their lands are really something that's like killing it. I remember one time I was playing Kalia against bz's deck and he made all of his creatures and
3: then i i'm, played, like, I'm not getting board wiped.
1: <laughs> and, and then i the played best. armageddon because i've Kalia. i'm just gonna cheat out fatties every you know yeah, yeah. And i lost
3: my whole board and he went like, yeah. yep i'm just gonna
1: scoop i'm so <laughs>
3: decisively beaten <laughs> that and that funny. was like a higher power game we, were, we knew that was possible that's a really
0: good point bz because like even if you're doing the trick you know even if you are let's say casting this spell and then putting it to Fierce protection on top you know that's seven mana to not win the game <laughs> like at all whereas you could just pay one extra mana and cast like moonshaker cavalry and
3: any number of cards yeah Even so many like other the, things from cdh combo infinites to just like you know yeah. overwhelm them
0: yeah, big beaters. And, and like actually just win the game in that moment. So
3: it feels like I almost would rather know why you want to play land destruction. Like you just want to be different. You just want to meme. Like
0: I just want to see the light leave your eyes. You at least yeah. least from like
3: from <laughs> YouTube comments though. Seriously, I've talked about like there was a video we did where it was like, hey, I think you could cut a lot of the green signets in your green decks just for regular ramp because it'll stick around more. And the amount of comments I got from people who are like, I just enjoy destroying all the lands. Oh, you say that. Until I blow up all your lands and I'm like, you people, I don't know if you're being serious, but like, if you're actually serious and you think that this is hilarious, like, that's a whole separate discussion. I would love yeah. to know why. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a weird one. That feels like a social ineptitude thing. Also, you can
0: blow up all my artifacts, too. It's not like artifacts or mana dorks are, like, um, immune to the same removal that yeah. lands
1: yeah. 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 It's just less taboo to run a Vandal Blast versus an Armageddon. Yeah. Who would tell me yeah. that
3: Simic Signet is more immune to removal than forest? Yeah, <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, that's insane.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, we do have phase two of our Salty Card of the Week, which is trying to guess where in the top one hundred Salty Cards it is. So, and and Mike, are we
0: on the new updated list yet? Has we been are updated? still, we are still on the old list because old I list, haven't folks. taken
2: the time to figure it out, and I still don't think they've published it. But I don't think I they will have either.
0: Switch as soon as they have. So, yeah, Sam, would you mind kicking us off here? I'm happy to go first because going first usually means you don't do well.
3: With the fear factor rule. I'm going to guess 33 for this one. Wow. So the numbers that came into my head way back when you said cataclysm was 34, 35 and 36. So I'm going to have to pick the average and say 35. Wow. Wow, It's a tight race. I know. I was
1: actually thinking 30s too, but I think it might be a little bit higher considering land destruction is so feared, but it's so theoretical. I'm going to guess like 29.
2: then bz takes it because it is 71
1: oh (laughs)
3: Oh, i'm so good 71
2: we're so off yeah (laughs) wow there are some land destruction things that are even less salty than this technically but they're a little more narrow this one is is well off of like armageddon armageddon is at six but for some reason yeah. Wow. For for some reason that one extra land, I guess. And, okay. and wiping so all the other permanents oh, somehow from... makes this more okay <laughs> yeah. than Armageddon.
3: Yeah. you have <laughs> to keep all your creatures and stuff, but like talk to me when you remove way. my last creature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what is, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I'll
0: just keep my token generator in my Gaia's cradle then. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah. Might be. laughs> well, that wraps it up for the uh the salty card of the week. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Mike, for the lovely salty card. And thank you to our Salt Packet Plus tier patrons that we shout out at the end of every episode, Rothbox, Bobo Fett, Sam Power Gamer, Clearbrook, and Captain Croz. Thanks for the support, y'all. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you to me and BZ, nitpicking nerds, for coming into the salt mine
3: with us today. Thank you. This was a lot Thank of fun. Thank you,
1: Sam and Mike. No, we loved being here. We had a lot of fun. I
3: had it all pent up. So in another month, I'm going to have to come on again. I'm <laughs> just going to make this my routine therapy session. Hey, we would love to have you back on. Once I build up enough salt.
1: We, we'd love to be back and BZ will build up enough salt in two weeks. <laughs> so don't make too many promises. We'll play four games where's sam yeah he texts you i'm ready <laughs> i mean you
0: can always submit a salty story and and we'll read That's it true. on the air too that would be you have that much better. time
3: i'll just start it with yeah i'm famous so let's just move this up to the front <laughs>
1: <laughs> we won't write you know, we won't write too much here you, you know we want to make this short and sweet we're just gonna want to get our anger out <laughs> just 10
0: pages no spaces yeah <laughs> so if people are looking for more
3: of that nitpicking nerds content where can they find you both Uh, It's very simple. You just need to be on YouTube. uh, We make Long form regular videos. We make short form content. We also are now doing live streams. And Ooh. there's even some like videos YouTube is categorized as like podcasts. So we're kind of the one stop shop for commander content on Yeah. YouTube.
1: Come hang out with us when we do streams. Come check out some content. We do monthly series like Budget Bombs, most worth buying. Well, maybe most guests can't say this.
3: A video came out today. You can just go watch it. Damn. <laughs> no
0: that, what day it is. Yeah. We can
1: guarantee. Wow. Whenever you put it out, we have a video. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: awesome.
3: Check
1: That's
0: out our newest truth. video
3: that launched today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, thanks again for, for both of you coming on the show. It was super, super fun. It was
1: great. We had a great time.
0: And thank you to all the prospectors at home for tuning into another episode of the Howling Salt Mine. If you want more Howling Salt Mine content, check out our Patreon, patreon.com/slash howling saltmine. Obviously, we have some shout-outs in the show, so you can check out those tiers. You can request salty songs. I will hand draw you tokens that I'll send to you every single month. And you can check out our extra content. We've got our extra salt series every month and our stray grains episodes where we have one or two, sometimes three, dropping every single week. So check out all that amazing content. Plus our Discord. Super fun. Just hang out, chit-chat, play games once a month. It's a good time. If you have a salty story that you want submitted on a future episode, send it to our Gmail at thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com or submit it through our website, Howling Saltmine or thehowlingsaltmine or DM it to us on any social. It will get to us eventually and we will put it in the queue. Also, we have some awesome merchandise you guys should check out. We've got our bonfire store and we are also selling custom dragon shield sleeves. You can find all that stuff on our website and in our link tree, all the links are in the information below in the podcast notes. Another thing you can do to help out the podcast is give us a five-star rating in your favorite podcast app of choice. That really does help us stick out in the algorithm and help new people find us in the wilds of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you. And lastly, we got to shout him out. We shout him out every episode. Our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, for giving us our beautiful podcast art. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really awesome guy. And this is when Tony would say, 10,000 subscribers are bust and I'd say thanks Tony and I'd huff and puff yeah Michael huff corner. and puff because he doesn't want to get a tattoo but he's contractually yep. obligated when we get 10,000 subs to get a tattoo
1: oh <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's like used to me mike every time all too. of you and mike just doesn't want to oh no
0: all of us, all but of us. Mike doesn't okay. want and i don't want <laughs> to I
1: know if you, like, you know if we had to know mike in particular mike, is getting the that, just that you, actually mike. would be i that would I be am,
2: wild
0: i am almost more on board with that because of how funny it is <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again mia and thanks again bz for coming on the show we really appreciated it thanks for Thank having you so us. much for having us And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step.
1: Are you afraid to say the D word? And I'm like, and I'm like, it's a magic card. But yes, I'm afraid YouTube won't let me say. Damn.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> That's Literally a card. I cast a spell that I will not be naming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm casting Darn Overloaded.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just ate so much fucking pasta, dude. I was just dude. like,
1: oh. I, I
0: ate some udon quite quickly. Yeah. I ate an entire order of udon and like seven minutes yeah i was inhaling some angel hair dude sometimes with like the really small pastas i feel like you don't even need to swallow them or chew them you don't even need to chew them you do need to swallow them (laughs) sometimes you just slurp them all the way down yep you don't even swallow it you just you just let it hang out in your mouth and dissolve slowly (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah let's do it oh wow this is a long one um let's do a different one first (laughs) we're never going back to that one (laughs) no i i will i i have to at one point what do
2: we think the salt ratings are on this this card or this oh gosh oh wow usually the salt ratings i ask for are the salty cards. so why
3: do you have that by the way what is happening did I miss something? I want to see damn! I brought
2: him out. Shadow the Hedgehog is just hanging out with us. Shadow just—we just wanted a fifth person on the episode. <laughs> yeah. My card is already pretty <laughs> crowded.
0: The
1: mine fully full now, and two. I said, damn! So I had to bring him out. Well,
0: shadows—shadows Shadow's <laughs> just running behind. He can keep yeah. up. It's yeah, he's running yeah. at the speed of sound. Thanks, Mike. You definitely didn't forget your line, and you remembered it perfectly.